Buenas and half a day to our listeners on Guam and in the CNMI. It's now time for Total Health right here on Joy FM Radio, where your questions get answered by health professionals. If you have any health-related questions, we would love to hear from you. Call your questions and comments in at 472-1111 or text or WhatsApp 686-9999. If you're in the CNMI, please call 323-1113. Welcome everybody to Total Health. And good afternoon. Welcome to Total Health Live. This is Chaplain Masik from the Guam SJ Clinic, and I'm here with uh, two very two special guests, Rose, Trina, Ella Doc, and Bethany Helm. Uh, these are both workers of the Guam SJ Clinic, and today we have an incredible topic, and it is called post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder. But before we do, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Our dear, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can meet together to talk about uh, something that's very important and something that uh, our loved ones or people we know or even we ourselves may have experienced. Be with us and bless our time together. And Lord, may we learn something that will change us and and may that be used to change others and inspire them. We thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, well, this is Total Health Live. This is Chaplain Masik and Bethany. Bethany Helm is one of our medical providers at the Guam State Clinic, and we're so happy to have you here, Bethany. Thank you for coming. Thank you, and half a day. Half a day. All right. Well, we're going to get right into the topic for the shortness of the hour. And so, Bethany, please tell us more about the topic, and we'll go from there. Sure. So our, our topic today is PTSD, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I felt this was an important subject to bring up considering the fragility of mental health in general mm-hmm. across the U.S. population, I would say even across the international population. But I think specifically in the U.S., not only do we have a shortage of um, providers to address mental health issues, but we have a silence mm-hmm. <laughs> of the mental health um, epidemic. <laughs> you know, we, we like to talk about this current COVID pandemic, Mm -hmm. but the reality is um, another one exists also, and that's a pandemic of mental health Mm. um, for a variety of reasons. And there's many spokes to this wheel of mental health. And today we're just going to be touching on just one of those spokes, which is PTSD. But it it could possibly be one of the least talked about, at least publicly, or even amongst the households um, in private, but one that is in desperate need of being understood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, great. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, like you said, uh, the talk today is COVID, but really uh, much of these things, as you said, there's a pandemic of silence about it. So, uh, you know, please shed some light on it to tell us what it is. Mm-hmm. For those who may not be familiar with it, what exactly is it? Sure. Who does it affect? And uh, you know, how can we seek treatment and things like that? Sure. Okay. So I'll start off by giving just a little bit of statistics um, for the scientific background. Um, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it affects about 3.5% of the U.S. population every year. Currently, the U.S. population is roughly 330 million Mm-hmm. individuals. So 3.5% of that is about 11.5 million people. So it is a lot. 11.5 million individuals on any given day um, are experiencing PTSD. Um, to put it in simpler terms, if you look around you, one in every 11 people will be affected. Okay. So a lot of us live in households with just that number of people. <laughs> one in every 11. Those are, that's yeah. a very serious it's, ratio. Yeah, it's a, it's a small ratio. Uh-huh. Um, one in every 11. So that means you can go into a classroom and count, you know, uh-huh. maybe one or two people, depending on uh, how many is in the classroom. You can go into your work environment and count plenty of people mm-hmm. um, who would fit within that statistic. You can go into your churches, um, any place of meeting, you know, there. The point being, um, individuals suffering from PTSD are all around you. Wow. All right. Um, And we might not readily refer to it or know to refer to it as PTSD, but you may have heard some other slang terms for it. Um, In the past, it was primarily thought to be a disorder that affected only military. 
and they would refer to it as mm-hmm. feeling shell shocked mm-hmm. <laughs> or having combat fatigue. Okay, those terms came up back um, around World War One, and then combat fatigue really took over mm-hmm. in World War Two. So those were popular buzzwords with it. Um, now, as you know, time has progressed, and we talk about the the subject a little bit more. Um, we're a little bit freer freer with using the the words post traumatic stress disorder or simply PTSD. And a lot of people, you know, want to know well. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. What does PTSD look like? Mm-hmm. Um, is it something, um, you know, chalked up to just feeling stressed out and not knowing what to do with it? Well, no, that's not the case either. There's very specific criteria that you have to meet to kind of fit within um, those those diagnoses um, parameters, and we'll talk about them a little bit more um, later. But the the basic definition of PTSD is a disorder that may occur when um, people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, and that can include anything such as a natural disaster. Um, around here, I oftentimes think of typhoons. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had um, several super typhoons or very destructive typhoons pass through. And people can, you know, believe it or not, experience PTSD from this. Um, They may experience or be witness to a serious accident, a terrorist act. We saw a lot of that after Mm 9-11. A lot of PTSD occurred after that. Mm -hmm. Um, Individuals who have participated in war or any type of combat. Um, And we also see this a lot in victims of rape or any kind of domestic violence or assault where um, maybe they were threatened by death, any kind of sexual violence or serious injury. So PTSD can occur from a lot of different (laughs) aspects, and it really relates to how you respond to the event. Okay, so PTSD is not the event but it is how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really incredible that you're bringing that up because when I first heard the word, or the, uh, the acronym PTSD, it was uh, military related. Mm-hmm. And so it really, I really did assume that this was only something that uh, military people who had gone to war and experienced and they, you know, that that's what it did to them. But what, what you're sharing with us today is that anybody could be affected Absolutely. Uh, through how they respond to some kind of trauma or disaster. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's news to me. And I also want to you know, bring up that it's not just adults who suffer from it, but children also suffer from PTSD. Okay. What? Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, what, does, what does PTSD look like in children then? Sure, that's, that's a great question. Oftentimes it can look the same as it does in adults. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, you know, children, they have less communication skills than adults do. So um, you can kind of think of it as, you know, infants before they're able to talk and speak and say, I want this, I need that, I am hungry, I need to go to the bathroom. Um, how do they typically respond? They cry. They cry, yeah. right? Okay, same thing with children who don't know what to do with a kind of stressor that has occurred to them or any kind of traumatic event. They might become irritable and you just not understand why. They might throw more tantrums. Um, they can withdraw and become quite silent. Um, lots of times we see where children will express um, their internal reaction to an event through drawing or doodling, okay? Um, So those are just little tiny um, things that you might be able to pick up on in a child who has been exposed to a traumatic event. Um, With adults, adults can um, display it in a a wider variety of of ways. Um, Before I I go through more of those, um, in order to be diagnosed with PTSD, the effects of the stressful event need to be present for longer than 30 days, and it needs to be interrupting your daily activities, your daily functioning, okay? Mm-hmm. So short-term stressors that, might, that may last, you know, a few days, a week, um, 
they don't necessarily fall under the criteria of PTSD, but you really need to have these um, these responses and these interruptions present in your daily life for longer than 30 days. Okay. okay. Um, they kind of break it up into about four different categories of symptoms that you can look for. Um, oftentimes, adults will have what they call intrusion of thoughts, and that is simply where you're replaying the memory over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and it doesn't stop. <laughs> you know, you hear people say, it's driving me crazy, it's driving me mad. Okay, but they, they really cannot pause those thoughts that continue to replay in their head of that traumatic event, all right? So that would be an intrusion of thoughts that you just can't stop. Um, Sometimes we have flashbacks to that event. It might even show up as nightmares, okay? So it's that constant intrusion of whatever the traumatic event was that is disrupting your daily functioning. The second category of symptoms would be an avoidance. So, um, for example, adults would have the tendency of avoiding certain environments that might trigger those memories, or they may want to avoid certain environments that remind them of maybe a sound that they heard during that time, or a smell that they heard, or if they have a sense that, oh, this could be an uncontrolled environment, um, they might avoid that situation as well. Okay, so avoidance would be the second category. Um, Third category of symptoms would be you might have alterations in your thoughts or your mood. All right, so you might not be able to remember specific details about the event. Um, You might also have the tendency to blame yourself for something, Mm -hmm. you know, related to the events, thinking I am all bad or I am shameful or even everyone is bad. So kind of attributing um, very extreme thoughts to limited situations. And then fourth category would be um, lack of interest in um, activities that you may have previously enjoyed. So with withdrawing a little bit more. Um, also, the flip side is like we discussed with the children having tantrums or in adults, we call them outbursts, <laughs> yeah. right? Angry outbursts. Um, you might become self-destructive. You might um, participate in more reckless behavior, whether that's being more aggressive or um, true reckless behavior as in harming self-harming and you might be easily startled or you might even have difficulty sleeping that's that's a big one Um, a lot of individuals with ptsd suffer from lack of sleep Mm -hmm. all right well thank you so much bethany i we're here with bethany helm we're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder that's a sign of our first break we're going to be right back after this break and we're going to go right back to this incredible important topic thank you so much we'll see you soon stay afloat but don't miss the boat stay busy but know when to call it a day. Stay on target, but dodge a bullet. Stay moving, but don't jump to conclusions. Stay hungry, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. Stay tuned, but don't think your financial help is unwelcome. We all have things we want and need to do, so let's keep encouraging each other to stay the course. Joy FM at joyfmradio.net. See, Joe Osmosi, and thanks for listening to Total Health on Joy FM. We want to hear from you. Call in with your health-related questions at 472-1111 in Guam or in the CNMI. The number to call is 323-1113. Text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to Total Health Live. This is Chaplain Masik here with Dr. Robinson and Bethany Helm, one of our clinic providers at the Guam SJ Clinic. And before our break, Bethany was going through the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder and that's our topic for today, a very important one. So, Bethany, go right ahead. Yeah, so we, we reviewed the symptoms of PTSD and who it affects, and really it can affect anybody. And, you know, we also discussed how this is a 
silent (laughs) killer, so to speak, of our mental health. And we just kind of wanted to bring um, some attention to it so that we can break the silence, break the stigma um, that surrounds um, certain mental health issues um, these days. And I have a friend with me today. His name is Tom. And I've received permission from Tom to um, talk a little bit (laughs) about him. Um, I have the pleasure of serving him at um, our clinic and working with him through his journey with PTSD. And I invited him here today to share um, what he's comfortable sharing with his journey in hopes that someone else out there can identify and um, find some freedom through um, what he plans to share today and also just, you know, break the stigma that surrounds it and start a better conversation. So welcome, Tom. And I'm going to ask you if you can share a little bit about your your journey, whatever you're comfortable with, um, maybe a little bit of your background and um, how you even knew you were suffering from PTSD. All right. Thank you, Bethany. Um, well, you know, uh, only now after I've uh, uh, been treated for this uh Am I able to look back and realize that I have had this for for a while? Uh, my background is um, I'm uh, prior military. Um, I did uh, a tour in uh, Desert Storm and um, came back came back home. And since then, um, I feel like my life has changed and I couldn't understand it at the beginning. And what I tried to do was just uh, just kind of blow it off. And uh, I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it was. So I just blew it off for many years. But what ended up happening was um, this thing affected me so much that it had cost me my marriage. And uh, and even then, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were reviewing some of the symptoms of PTSD, did you identify with any of those that that we had talked about just just now? Yes. Which yes. which uh, ones? Can you elaborate on the them? several? The aggression part. Mm-hmm. Um, something insignificant could happen and I just lose it I mean for example if uh, if my wife dropped the fork that would just set me off and she'd just look at me like I dropped the fork or a plate and why are you responding like that and you know I'd always have a I'd always have a justification as to why. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you can't be dropping those things. And it made no sense. It made sense at the time. Mm-hmm. But it made no sense now that I, I I see it. And because, at least for me, in my mind, PTSD didn't, didn't exist. It wasn't something, it wasn't something real and tangible for me. And it was almost invisible, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And that's what's scary is when you don't see the enemy, but the enemy's there. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, so yes, I did have the, to, to this day, <laughs> to this day, I don't have very good sleep. Um, to this day, I still have my nightmares. Um, but um, since receiving treatment i have to say and i can only use what my wife's uh, my wife's words is that she has noticed a a huge difference in my response because i used to go to used to go from 0 to 60 in 2.2 seconds mm. and now it's almost i don't know what i don't know how to describe it but it's almost like it doesn't bother me or I don't go that quick. Um, 
and it almost feels unnatural. And I, I still, mm. I'm still trying to figure that out because it feels so unnatural that I'm not blowing, I'm not blowing up. And after you've done something for 20 years, that's that's the norm. Mm-hmm. And to do something other than that now is um, for my for my wife and my children. It has been God sent. Praise the Lord for that. When did you realize that you needed to seek treatment? Because you you said that you were suffering with these symptoms for at least 20 years. Um, When did you realize that you needed to do something more than just suffer? It wasn't until I was at risk of losing my second marriage. Mm. That was when I, I... I really had to just surrender and this cannot be them all the time. And I just decided to just go see somebody to get some help. But even that, I was hesitant. Can you talk um, a little bit about that? Like what what prevented you from reaching out sooner and what made you feel hesitant? The embarrassment. Okay. Um, because it's an enemy that I, I cannot see. Mm. I felt like... If I went to tell somebody about my problem, they'd just give me the look of, oh, no, this guy's missing some marbles. So that kept me away. I did not want to share that with anybody. I could share it with people who who have experienced it because I remembered the very first time that experience was shared with me by a veteran mm. who was in the Vietnam War, and he told me some things that he would do, and it was the same thing that I was doing. And even then, I felt comfortable hearing it, but even then, I wouldn't admit it mm. okay. because I did not want to come across as, you know, as being loony, as being weak, as being crazy. I didn't want to. I didn't want anybody to look at me like that. So I really had to keep that buried. But it was, it was my, my second marriage was at risk. Let me ask you, by, by keeping it buried and the shame inside, do, do you feel like that attributed to more of your symptoms of, of feeling um, basically trapped in your own body of suffering? Yeah, you, you could say that. It's just... I did whatever I could to protect that from being exposed, from being known. Okay. Um, and sometimes uh, when I hear other people talk about it, I'll just laugh about it, like like it didn't affect me. Like I'm I'm not one of them. Mm, okay. But it was, um, you know, you have to put on your game face for that. You gotta put on your game face because when it looks like you. It is, I mean, it looks like you, it is you, but you don't want to come forward and raise your hand and say, me too. You don't, you don't want to, I didn't want to do that. So that's what kept me from seeking any kind of help. It was just denying that, no, I'm fine. The problem is you, mm. not me. That was what I was experiencing. Thank you. And how... How have you been able to reconcile that on your journey right now with letting go of the the stigma, the shame that you may have felt um, surrounding it previously? Well, um, I've uh, I've I've had to take medication okay. because the medication helps me. I see it, more importantly, my wife and my children see it. Mm. And that's who matters because I live with them and I I have to listen to them because they see me, you know, from the outside looking in and I'm thinking there's nothing wrong with me. I am perfectly fine. The problem is you. And uh, I can only go on their testimony. Um, on what they've seen and what they've experienced all these years with me. Great. I hear the music coming. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up um, for the next couple of minutes. But when we come back, we're going to talk about treatments associated with PTSD. PTSD. 
If you have any questions, please call us at 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If that's that's if you're here in Guam, if you're in the CNMI, call us at 323-1113. 323-1113. Or text us or WhatsApp us for free at, in the CNMI at 671-686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. Or go to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash joyfm radio and leave us a comment or a question and we'll get back to you we'll be right back after this break don't get weary don't despair don't be afraid don't worry don't be deceived don't lose heart don't be foolish don't speak unwholesome words don't be selfish don't lie don't be harsh don't allow your heart to get hard that's a lot of don'ts all kinds of things you shouldn't do what should you do love love god love everybody else if you do it right that should take the rest of your life joy fm welcome back you're listening to total health on joy fm Call in with your health-related questions to 472-1111 in Guam. If you live in the CNMI, we want to hear from you too. Call 323-1113 or text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, here's more Total Health. And we are back with Total Health Live. I'm here with Dr. Robinson and Bethany. And we're here with Bethany's special guest. And before we left, she, she was asking a few questions. And our guest today is uh, very brave enough, uh, really brave and courageous to be able to share his, uh, his story regarding his experience with post-traumatic stress disorder. Bethany, go right ahead. Sure. You know, before break, I wanted to commend Tom for being so vulnerable with sharing his journey. He's absolutely right about the stigma that is attached to any mental health (laughs) issue, but specifically PTSD with what we're talking about today. And I had mentioned before break that we kind of want to discuss a little bit of what does treatment look like for PTSD. And yes, there are medications that um, we're able to use that can significantly improve the quality of life for someone who struggles with PTSD. Um, There's also many therapeutic techniques. Um, Most common is something referred to as cognitive behavioral therapy, which are fancy words (laughs) to say talk therapy. Okay, and that would be where you're meeting one-on-one with a trained, skilled counselor, kind of working through the traumatic event, learning how to process it in new, better, healthy ways. Um, There's group therapies that some people choose where they might um, join a particular group where they can identify with each other, share their experiences, and know that they're not alone. And there's, you know, more, more... therapy techniques that are not so frequently used, but you can um, find them where they might put you in a controlled environment and kind of put you through the same type of stress that you may have originally experienced, but in a safe, controlled environment. So you develop new responses and those can be become a learned pattern. Um, But the majority of the time the treatments used are going to be with medication and with counseling. And we always want to promote the counseling um, alongside any, any other um, type of therapy that might be used. Before break, Tom was sharing with us um, a little bit of some of his treatment and what has been beneficial to him. And Tom, you were sharing how your family has really been the one to reap the benefits of um, you kind of coming on the other side of your current um, chosen method of treatment. Can you expound a little bit more on that? Yes. um, I think uh, for me, one of the simplest ways for me to describe it is when I would when I would blow up and become aggressive, uh, you think of a, a category five hurricane. Mm-hmm. 
and that's how I would come across. Uh, I would scare my family. And since my treatment, um, it's brought me down to tropical depression, if <laughs> nice. that makes any sense. It makes total sense to you, us islanders. <laughs> but but the thing is, is I, I, I completely agree with you about it should go hand in hand with mm -hmm. counseling because sometimes, uh, or not sometimes, for me, it had, I have to learn how to process this thing. Mm. But the medication that I'm on has helped me to do that because I just found it so weird how I see a similar situation in the, uh, that ha that affected me differently in the past and I would blow up and I'm going to from zero to 60 in 10 minutes and and then the, the stuff uh, that used to blow me up just didn't matter as much and I don't know I, I can't explain it um, how it how the medications able to do that mm -hmm. I can only say that the beneficiaries of this are is my wife and my children and that's that's what's most important and and still I still seek God in this because mm -hmm. it was through him that uh, I've been led to get the help that I need and and sometimes, you know, the the old expression, you can lead a horse to water. And I just wasn't ready to drink back then because I was too busy trying to bury it and, and hide it from everyone that it wasn't, I'm not the problem. And just come around now, I'm, I'm, I'm willing for my family, I'm willing to come clean. Praise the Lord for that. Tom, I have a question for you. Um, <clears throat> in your experience um, with the military, um, have you uh, ever had experience with someone who was not in the military have PTSD? Um, off the top of my head, I can't say I have because even if I did, I probably wouldn't know what it looked like sure. so I wouldn't be able to recognize it sure. I, I think you need a trained eye to do that because if I saw like for example if I saw two people arguing on the side of the road because they just got into a car accident mm -hmm. I'm going to think okay it was the car accident that caused that and that's where they're at you know they're blaming each other you cut me off and you cut me off mm -hmm. and I'm thinking okay that's not a problem but maybe I didn't see the part where you know uh, the per the other person stayed in their car, and the person suffer who's suffering the PTSD was the one who came over and started mm. to, you know, just berate the the other person. So mm. maybe I didn't see that part. But when I see, when I if I was to see two people on the side of the road arguing after having a fender bender, you know, I w maybe they're suffering from P PTSD, and I wouldn't even know. I just mm -hmm. I just. Uh, Attribute it to, oh, I guess they got into an accident. Somebody didn't give the right of way to the other mm. person. Sure, sure. Thank you. I like the question, Dr. Robinson. And um, I like it because I think we do tend to associate PTSD more with military simply because we have that combat war mentality that, oh, that's primarily where it comes mm -hmm. from. But I, I don't want to finish this program without highlighting the fact that there is a lot of PTSD associated with sexual assault, with rates, rapes, um, domestic abuse, all of those mm -hmm. um, things. And I have seen that in um, non-military individuals, and it shows up differently. And it could just mm -hmm. be in the sense of avoiding certain places that um, maybe they associate with that previous trauma yeah. um, that may not, you know, make sense on the surface, but, you know, digging a little deeper, you discover what's really mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, good point, good mm -hmm. point. And we need to be willing to seek help also, mm -hmm. even if we're not, quote, the, you know, in the military, we're maybe a female or a child, Mm -hmm. We should be willing to seek help as well. Yeah. You know, Bethany, if I can ask uh, regarding that as a follow-up question, you know, 
Once again, you know, thank you, Tom, for sharing your story. It's really incredible, and it's so great that uh, you can be vulnerable, and I know it's going to help other people open up a lot more as mm -hmm. well. And Bethany, following up on what you just said, you know, now that we've kind of seen the symptoms of it and we've kind of learned to see what the signs are, uh, what kind of help, you know, can we then get, let's say, for a loved one or for even ourselves? Maybe somebody's listening here today and uh, they've been through something that our, our friend has gone through or they've experienced, um, you know, an assault. And maybe they're just recognizing that they may actually have PTSD. Mm -hmm. How would they then begin uh, their road to recovery? Sure. Great question. I think before I answer that question, I'm going to toss it a little bit to Tom and ask him, what would have helped you sooner? Um, what would you have wanted to hear from an individual in your family, in your close circle, that would have prompted you to be more willing to get help sooner? Um, I think one thing, uh, I, I'm not, I, I can only speak from the military side. You know, um, when I got out of the military, when I came back from my deployment, they sent us through a, a real short briefing. And then after that, they just never followed up with mm -hmm. us. And this thing just doesn't happen, you know, the next day that you separate from the military. It just, it just doesn't ha it didn't happen that quick for me. But I think uh, with people who have had a traumatic experience, whether it be in the military or outside of the military, I think um, it helps for family members who maybe listening to this program to recognize these things and if they see it in one of their family members maybe talking to somebody who uh, has dealt with this and say hey uh, you know I got a family member and explain the situation and and maybe they can persuade them to bring them in and, and mm -hmm. just you know uh, uh, friendly visit something like that but you got to sell if it was me you got to sell it to me as Oh, it's just a short meeting. It's nothing. He just wants to ask some questions. If you brought it like that to me, I probably would have gone. Mm. If you brought it to me and said, hey, we need to get you checked, mm. that's just going to turn me off. I'm going to be, get me checked. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. What do you mean get me checked? Sure. But if you kind of do it in a way where it's a loving and oh, it's just, just meet with him. That's all. Then after that, we, you know, we can do, go about our our day and have you don't don't come across to me as though something's wrong with me because i'm gonna deny it mm -hmm. because i don't need you looking at me like i'm crazy mm -hmm. excellent point thank you for that um as far as resources that you can turn to um you know nationwide internationally however you want to look at it there is a shortage of resources for mental health but here on island you do have a few you have guam behavioral health that you can always turn to um, those who f do not feel comfortable going to guam behavioral health um, please know that you can always turn to your pastor your clergy um, and us as providers medical providers um, we're not just here to heal, heal physically but to also help spiritually mentally emotionally everything that that's involving um, and I know at our Guam SDA clinic, we do have mental health staff um, who are trained um, to work through and navigate um, these specific mental health journeys with you individually. I want to follow up on that, uh, what you're saying, Bethany. It's very true. And also reaching out to your friends, you know, mm -hmm. share with someone who you feel comfortable with sharing someone who's had a similar background, maybe it's in the military or, or you're a female, maybe you know, something that you have in general or a child, you know, to a parent or to an adult that they trust that's not you know, part of that trauma. Uh, it's important to express your feelings and to share. Sometimes it's very hard, you know, we're trying to cover up and to close, close down those emotions and hide them somehow, but that sharing is, is therapeutic and healing. Mm -hmm. As we go to the break here, I, I want to also uh, encourage those who, who may have gone through uh, a, a similar situation to, to not hide and to, to really share and uh, to share their feelings and to 
uh, reach out for help because we really, we really want you to get help and to, to be healed. I think I hit something. It's a rusty nail. Cool. Probably out of an old coffin or something. Ooh, here's a pretty rock. I bet it's from a princess's crown. Nah, looks like a fossil. Like from a T-Rex. Stop. Hey, look at this. It's a bone. I bet this is T-Rex. Wait, I think that's from the steak we had for dinner. Remember the simple joy of discovery. There's so much in life just waiting under the surface, waiting to be discovered. What will you find? That depends. How deep are you willing to go? Hey, what's that? I don't know. It looks like a wire or something. Two pieces of wire now. Discover the epic adventure God has in store for you. Son, what's wrong with the TV? I don't know. The picture was fine, then just... Dig deep and find life as it was meant to be. Just a thought. From Joy FM. And we're back with more Total Health. Give us a call with your medical questions. Number to call in Guam is 472-1111. If you're in the seat of mind, the number to call is 323-1113. Or you can text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. Now back to the program. Welcome back. We're so glad that you joined us again. Uh, We're on Total Health Live. And uh, we have a special guest today. We're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, we've got a caller right now. We're going to go to our caller, Katie. I understand you have a call for us uh, regarding uh, uh, the topic. Katie, are you there? Maybe maybe she hung up on us. Okay. Maybe, Katie, if you can call us back, uh, if you uh, have your question again, we'll be happy to take that uh, on the air or off. Um, <clears throat> Bethany, tell us a little bit more about uh, PTSD and uh, how how treatment uh, is currently happening uh, in the uh, in the world for those who are not in the military. So give us a little idea of, uh, outside the military. I know the the VA has a program for that. Uh, also, <clears throat> uh, the military in general does have programs. But if you're not in the military, uh, how how do people who feel they have PTSD or want to get that investigated, how do they access that care? I think one of the quickest and easiest ways to access that care and resources is uh, honestly through your medical provider. Um, they have the training and um, knowledge to to know the parameters for through which PTSD is diagnosed. And they can certainly put you in touch with um, next step um, processes that uh, might need to be made. Um, Like we had stated before, PTSD um, in a very general sense um, needs to be occurring longer than 30 days. And it needs to significantly affect specific um, events of daily living that we had talked about earlier as well. Thank you so much. Mm I think also of um, people who maybe feel that, okay, it's, it's uh, a short-lived illness, sort of like a cold, runny nose, cough, and I can go see the doctor, I can get a fix mm-hmm. uh, for that, take a pill, and uh, next month um, mm-hmm. I won't have it again. Mm-hmm. Is BTS like that? No. Like a cold that goes away right away? No, it's not going to go away right away. You might receive some relief right away, kind of like not feeling like you're so much in a pressure cooker anymore. But um, for some, it can be a lifelong journey of learning to manage um, their PTSD, learning to manage their triggers. Um, For others, they might find um, complete um, healing after going through appropriate therapy, whether that's medication or therapy or combination of. And we really recommend all all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you wouldn't expect someone to uh, sort of like diabetes say that I'll take one pill and, one and my done. diabetes is, is gone, right? Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. And I think it's also important to note that PTSD doesn't always show up immediately after the traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Sure. It can show up months later. It can show up years later. Right. And everybody's level of resilience is different. And the way the, the body and mind um, communicate with each other is different, too. Sure. So constantly being, being on the lookout for those symptoms and how they affect you will be important. So once we, we feel like we're under control with, with our emotions and our symptoms, then we need to maintain that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So maybe I can throw that to Tom. Tom, mm-hmm. what are some things that, that we could do if we had PTSD to maintain um, being in a healthy, healthy mental state? What, what would you recommend to the listeners? I'll just speak for for what I've experienced, and um, unfortunately, I don't think um, I don't think I'll ever be healed from this. But uh, the medication is helping me cope with it, mm-hmm. and I'm coping with it at a much better uh, level than I was back before I was uh, before I received treatment because I was at a on a scale of one to ten I was at a ten, mm. and now I feel like I'm at a two. Sure, mm. sure. And um, I've you know on my own I've done some experiment where I went I thought I was healed after mm. I did this thing for a month mm-hmm. I thought I was healed and I could get take myself off the medication. Right. So I took myself off the medication without consulting my doctor. Yeah. And it came back. Sure, sure. And my wife immediately asked me, "Did you take your med this morning?" Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I hear that. I hear that. Uh, I've heard that comment before. Hey, when some when you do some stupid or some people, man, you need to take your meds. Mm-hmm. And it's such they use it as a as a joke that when my wife said that. I would have blown up sure. because, you know, she's implying that I'm nuts and crazy. But I tell you, I I just wanted to experiment on my own. And mm-hmm. so I realized that I don't, <laughs> I don't think I could live without this medication if I want to continue to be able to control it to some, to mm-hmm. a large degree. Sure. It's so, a choice you make, isn't it? Yes. yes, and you know the thing is, is I have to, you know, I mean, I, I have to laugh at it when if she says to me, "Hey, you need to take your meds," and even though it's, it's, I don't, back then I didn't think that would be funny, but I just have to laugh at it now right. because I really do, I really do need to take the meds because right. I've experimented with uh, by not taking it, mm. and it wasn't through my doctor. I just did it on my own, but. Right. I just wanted to see whether, you know, I, hey, I'm good. I'm good now. Yeah. I wasn't good. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Katie, I think uh, I think you're on the line there. Let's see if we can get Katie this time. Time. Welcome, Katie. Yes, we oh, can hear you. Okay, Thank you. Okay, you can hear me now. Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. All right. Um, how do you tell the difference between PTSD and depression? Very good question. Do you want to take that, Bethany? So the question is, how do you tell the difference between PTSD and depression? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, for starters, PTSD needs to have a specific triggering event, um, traumatic event. Um, with depression, sometimes it can be a, a slow slide <laughs> into a depression. Um, with PTSD, also, you have to fit certain criteria as far as what kind of um, activities of daily life is it truly disrupting. Um, yes, a lot of it can look similar to the depression. Um, however, not not everything fits you know squarely into into those boxes either. Um, just to recap with the PTSD, um, intrusive thoughts, um, might be a problem, um, continuously reliving that specific event, not just feeling um, low or detached on, you know, a daily basis or, you know, a few days out of the week. But those thoughts are truly intrusive and you cannot stop them. Flashbacks would be um, a a symptom, avoiding certain environments um, because of triggers that it could elicit. Um, The irritability, the anger outbursts, those um, are very common. Being easily startled um, 
or even becoming self-destructive. Sleep is a common symptom, like disturbance of sleep is a common symptom um, with PTSD and depression. However, you know, it is important to have a proper diagnosis from a trained medical professional so that they can distinguish between the depression versus uh, PTSD that could be from a traumatic event. And it's important because we treat them differently. Okay, so um, we we really do encourage you if you have any questions at all about whether you're experiencing a depression or a PTSD, seek those resources. Um, And even sometimes they they go together. Individuals who suffer from PTSD will, in fact, suffer from depression as well. So it really is beneficial to have that trained medical expert um, on your team. Thank you so much. I think we need to... uh, Just thank Tom so much for his willingness to come and share. And thank you, Bethany, for Mm -hmm. uh, presenting today. We're so glad you were our guest today. Um, Chaplain, I think we have uh, a uh, healing word today. Yes, we do. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, we find the story of Elijah. What's incredible about the Bible is one thing that proves the Bible to be real is that it doesn't gloss over the lives of these great men and women but it tells you very upfront even some of the trials they themselves went through. In the book of 1 Kings 19, we find the story of Elijah. Although he's known as a mighty man of God, and uh, he actually went through something very, very serious, so much so that he ran away, went into a cave, and this is what he said to God. He said, O oh Lord, take away my life. He said, It is enough now, O oh Lord, take away my life. How is it possible that a man of God who had great, went to great heights had now come to such a great low? You know, what's incredible is, um, as our friend Tom was sharing earlier, uh, we have to remember that everybody struggles through something. And you know what's incredible is when Elijah hit his low point, God was there. And by the grace of God, he was able to help him and encourage him. And we know the story that Elijah finally went up into heaven. So if you yourself are struggling with something or you know of somebody, don't be ashamed, uh, don't be afraid to speak up and seek help, but seek that help and know that God is with you and wanting to help you. And as, as he has promised in John chapter 10, verse 10, he wants you to not only live life and have life, but to have it more abundantly. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Dr. Robinson. Uh, thank you, Bethany, and thank you, Tom. And may God bless each and every one of you. Be sure to check with your doctors before making any sudden life changes discussed today. Total Health is brought to you in partnership with Guam Seven-Day Adventist Clinic, where health is their mission. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Thank you and see Jewess Masi for listening to Total Health right here on Joy FM.